1: Auto ship order. That's petmeds.com and promo code podcast.
0: (laughs) No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the off day podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. You this microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Hannibal's Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com.
2: podcast Friday edition. We're recording this before the Patriots scrimmage inside Gillette Stadium, but they did have a sort of controlled scrimmage on Thursday where they kind of went through some down a the distance. They didn't really – it wasn't a live scrimmage with kickoffs and, and going through that with punts and change in, in possessions. But we saw a lot, and uh, I think as you can see, even though you weren't there, the defense stole the day just based on the headlines and, and how the, the quarterbacks performed. Uh, how much do you make of this Patriots defense sort of owning the Patriots quarterbacks to this point? Uh,
0: I think it's a bad sign because I don't believe – um, I did a few takeaways on our website this morning, and this was one of them. Like, is it good defense or bad offense? And I think it's probably more of the latter, the bad offense. Um, you know, this is a defense that lost a ton of guys in the offseason, has played without Stefan Gilmore for three practices, and has more often than not simply dominated. And that's more likely because of, you know, what you guys have all been writing best receivers, Gunner, best receivers, Devin Ross. The quarterbacks are. Lackluster and developing and whatever you want to call that situation. So, um, I mean, we'll find out to open the season because when you have the Chiefs and the Seahawks in the first two weeks, you'll get to figure out what kind of defense you are. But um, I think it's more likely that the offense isn't very good. Um, notable in that area, uh, I don't know if you saw this. The Tampa we're we're doing this Friday morning. We're recording this. Yep. The Patriots have a game simulation in the stadium today. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having a game simulation as we speak, and they, they included um, out-of-town scores on their big board, and the Dolphins beat the Patriots 26-24 or 27-24 on opening day in the world of Tampa Bay Buccaneers football.
2: Are you sure about that? I took that as a, that was the, the, sun, the last Sunday of last year.
0: Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, that's not as fun.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think that was the game that they lost. To Brian Fitzpatrick down the field at the end to end the regular season. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
2: that would have been a good that would have been a good thing to you know go off of. They already have the Patriots losing to Miami, but.
0: Yeah, that's sorry. stink. Sorry. Anyway, sorry, sorry to burst that thought. You did. You burst a fun bubble, and I don't have a lot of fun bubbles lately. Sorry. um Sorry. Yeah. So I uh, sh- talking about the offense and the defense. I think it's more the offense isn't very good right now.
2: Uh. I would say that's probably accurate. The one thing that I, you know, Newton struggled yesterday, Thursday, you know, he seemed more confident at the line of scrimmage with sort of like where people should line up and how things were going to go. But once the plays started and he had to go through his reads, that's where things started to to fall apart. But the one thing that we can't see in these scrimmages and whatever is his ability to run with the ball. And he could take off and, you know, turn a would-be sack into a 20-yard gain, or he could, you know, turn any play into that we just can't see that yet so it's hard to fully judge newton but from a passing perspective i think he still has a ways
0: to go and even um reading some of the reports you guys put out even one of his interceptions yesterday probably would have never happened because it probably would have been sacked before it was was an interception
2: yeah they would have blown the play dead and he just sort of just threw it to james white knowing he was sacked
0: right so i think the one thing I will say is I think our guy Mike Giardi wrote, it seems like things are still moving very fast for Cam Newton, like the game has not slowed down. Um, again, I don't think that's crazy. Hell, uh, Boomer Esiason said yesterday on his show that he still thinks Jared Stidham's the opening day starter because you can't learn an offense this quick. You, you know, it doesn't matter that Cam's the better athlete with the better arm and the better feet or whatever. He still needs to know where the ball has to go and get it there. And I think he's dead wrong. I mean, he might be right on that, that it's hard to learn this quickly and all of that. I don't, I mean, Jared Stidham would have to also be ready to go. And I don't think Jared Stidham is any more ready to go than Cam Newton is right now. So I think, you know, we all probably believe it's Cam Newton's job other than Boomer. Um, but I think Patriots fans should prepare themselves for some ugly passing offense to start the year. Some of that's Cam, some of that's the receivers, some of that's the tight ends, the, the whole combination. It will stun me if they come out and look like uh, an efficient passing game to open the year?
2: Oh, no, no question. And the, the thing that stood out to me yesterday was Edelman, Harry, Sanu all played significant snaps in this controlled scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, and did absolutely nothing. And this wasn't against just, you know, Stephon Gilmore and JC Jackson. This was the entire defensive secondary, and they couldn't do anything against them. So how do, what are they going to do against, you know, other teams' top cornerbacks and whatever?
0: Well, first of all, I have zero confidence in anyone not named Julian Edelman. Zero confidence. And that includes Harry. I know, you know, these stories are great that he got quicker, he lost weight. At some point, you got to poop or get off the pot and turn that into actually being <laughs> a good at receiver and playing consistently. Um, you know my thoughts on Mohamed Sanu. I still think he's a potential cut candidate. Uh, I'm just not. I just don't buy into what he brings to the team. I never did. You know, if you surround him with all pro receivers. You are distracting me incredibly. You're walking around with your laptop. What are you doing? Just keep talking. Jesus Christ. I'm trying to talk here, and you're like walking around your entire house. Just keep talking. Um, I have no confidence in the passing game. I have no confidence in those receivers not named uh, Edelman. And then you brought up the idea. You should have just alluded to it, but we've talked about it off air that you know, Edelman, maybe he's going against J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore a lot. Is that fair? Well, in one way, no, but yes, because he's going to see a lot of number one corners this year because there's no one else on a defense to fe- that a defense has to fear. So I, I think he's going to see those types of maybe not the defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore, but he's going to see top corners. So I think that could limit his production this year as a slot receiver who's now getting treated like a true number one receiver.
2: Absolutely. And the problem is they don't have a number two or three to sort of take the attention away from him because Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's been very inconsistent with Harry. He had a terrible week last week, terrible return on Sunday, but then I thought he had the two best training camp practices of his short career, Monday and Tuesday, and then kind of dipped again. So, like, yes, he's shown the potential, but you got to put it together. And then Sanu, it's... I kind of see him as a surprise cup. We'll get to it later, but you can't really pay a uh, number four, number five receiver with no special teams value $7.5 million. It just makes no sense for any team, let alone Bill Belichick, who really values those types of things.
0: And even though they have the money, and we'll talk about it, you can roll the money over. So wasting money just because you have it is a bad long term business plan. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the tight end position because early on there was some excitement for Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Seems like that's kind of faded. There's some injury concerns with Devin Asiasi. um, Do they still have to go out and get a tight end?
2: Yes, I think they do. I think Asiasi is a little... What are you doing? A little banged up. Um, But... Are you getting your steps in while recording this podcast? I'm uh, taking care of a dog while doing this podcast. Are you walking the dog? <laughs> well, I think we're good now um, obviously, he he didn't participate much in the scrimmage yesterday, so it's hard to get a true gauge on you know what he is. but through the first, whatever it is seven eight practice we've seen, he's shown some signs that he can be a contributor to this team and then Dalton Keene's been interesting in that he was sort of viewed as just like a fullback like tight end you know hybrid blocker or whatever, but he's been able to make some plays in the pass game, which has been a surprise to me. I'm not saying he's going to have like 50, 60 catches, but he could contribute more than I think we gave him credit for. But you can't rely on two rookies. That's the biggest thing. You just can't rely on two rookies to, you know, lead that position. And so whether it's a trade or, you know, some guy that's still on the street, I think it's a position that could be upgraded.
0: Oh, it definitely could be upgraded. Um, You know, I think both receiver and tight end could be, waiver wire or you know street free agent trade what i, I don't know where you're going to find them at this point um but i still think both positions could use some veteran talent because i find it hard to believe i mean maybe they're a little bit better just talent wise keen and assi but just because they're more talented doesn't mean they're ready to contribute a right out of the gates or b over the course of a long 16 game nfl season so if you want anything more out of that position. I'm not sure that depth chart is completely filled out yet. So I would agree.
2: The wild card with this offense, and I think the way it will be most successful is the running game. Like this, mm-hmm. the, these running backs are going to have to have, you know, exceed expectations, I would say. Like Damon Harris is going to have to perform like a number one-ish running back. Sony Michel is probably going to have to be what he was his rookie season. Rex Burkhead's is going to have to stay healthy and not get hurt. James White's going to have to – do you know everything he's done over the course of his career with maybe more attention on him in the passing game I think that's where this offense sort of hinges on is how these running backs perform and to this point Harris has shown like he can be that that back it's just can he get the opportunity and will Belichick trust him to get number one carries
0: yeah I I think a lot of it is on Harris you know my thoughts on Sonny Michelle I'm sort of done with him I don't think it's going to get any easier for him um in terms of you might see more loaded boxes and he hasn't shown the ability to sort of make things happen on his own, makes, make guys miss, break tackles. Um, James White, I think is going to have to be a significant factor in the the passing game, but I've lost any hope of him contributing as a runner. So I would say most of it's on Damian Harris. And then as you mentioned, Rex Burkhead, if, they, if he can somehow put this together as the year that he is consistent and can get, 10 or 12 carries every game for a full 16 game season without getting worn down and dinged up and missing time, then maybe those two can be that running game. But I do, I I think they're going to have to scheme it, you know, with Cam Newton and the athletic quarterbacks, because I don't think anybody, A, fears the passing game at all, or B, fears the passing game down the field. So you're not going to have room to work, room to run.
2: So – like, I think that's a position – that's an issue at wide receiver is the lack of speed. You have Demir Bird who came over from the Cardinals last year but had some experience with Cam Newton. And then I guess Devin Ross has some speed. But other than that, you don't really have any speed. Like, Harry's not burning guys down the field. Sanu's not doing that either. So, when it comes to the roster, I think that um, Bird and, and Ross have a good chance of making it just because of their speed. And you, you need to have speed at that position. Um but just o- overall, let me like go back to it. The running game, the success of this offense is going to come down to the running game.
0: Yeah, and that's um, that's a lot of weight to put on, A, Cam Newton's shoulders as a runner, B, Damian Harris on his shoulders to get even, his – Even the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, in that area, that's – you've invested. Like, they should be your group. I know, you know, you make the change at right tackle to – are we is that job going to Illuminor or – I think it's pretty much assumed that it's his. Okay, so you're going to Illuminor, who's looked
2: good. The- I, I'll, He's looked good. He's probably been the most, like those one-on-one offensive lineman drills that they do, like the the offensive blocking the defense. He's probably been one of the most impressive linemen. So it's not like he's just getting the job because Caduce is in his second year without doing anything last year. I think he's performed. Illuminor has done enough to sort of earn that job.
0: Okay, so pencil him in, and you have the other four returning players, assuming everybody's – healthy come the regular season I know there was a little scare with Joe Tooney yeah Um, we'll see
2: if he's out there Friday afternoon I mean he was still shaking the wrist on the sideline
0: not good because we know Joe Tooney doesn't miss anything so when he's not out there it's somewhat notable Um, you should be able to lean on that line we've we've talked about it since day one of the offseason aside from Dante Skarniecki's retirement that's the group on offense that you've invested in there's continuity there's talent there's draft picks there's money there's a franchise player like, you should be able to lean on them, and you know it's time to uh, what do they call it? Nut cutting time for them. Like yep. they need to prove that they can, a give Cam the time he needs to work, but probably more importantly, open holes. Like there was, I know one of the reports out of the the controlled scrimmage was a Damian Harris long touchdown run, which yep. those are always dangerous and. But practice.
2: that would have been a long run. Like I, okay. you're right, that those sometimes get blown out of proportion, but that one would have been a seventy yard touchdown.
0: So this is. Like that's no longer a luxury. That's no longer like, oh, legarrett Blunt can close out the game with a long run. I think you now need those in the first, second, third quarter to flip the field, score points. Even if it's not a touchdown and it ends up a field goal, like they need some of those chunk runs on the ground. Not because I think it's unrealistic to just say they're going to be this dominant, you know, four yards and a cloud of dust every snap running team. You need some big runs too, and that's. I mean, it's just a controlled scrimmage or whatever but that's a right. good sign uh
2: defensively everybody knows the secondary is going to be you know great should be with all the players that they have uh the front seven I think is a question mark and we seen... let's
0: go back to the secondary for a second um yep. concern about some dings and nicks there with McCordy and Phillips and Duggar and like missing a little time here and there
2: uh I think Adrian Phillips is not exactly a lot to make this team right now
0: Oh, that's a bold, bold statement.
2: He's, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he's not a lock to make the team. Like, I, I, I have him on my roster, and I probably will have him on my roster, but he's missed a lot of time. And Terrence Brooks has been one of the most impressive players on the defense Ooh. in training camp. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that Phillips is, is not going to make the team. I'm just saying I don't think he should be viewed as a lock. Have you discussed this
0: hot take with anybody? No, it's, I, I'm not. How is that a hot take? I just said he's not a walk to make the team. Because some people were painting him as like the next big thing on the defense with his arrival. He's going to replace Patrick Chung and he's linebacker, safety, versatile, blah, blah, blah. You know, a 90 tackle guy a couple of years ago for the Chargers. I just think that would be, that's a way more surprising cut to me than Muhammad Sanu. Mohammed Sanu stinks. We saw him stink last year. He hasn't gotten any better this year. If Adrian Phillips doesn't make this team, that would surprise me. But that's Ryan on- Hannibal hot take. He hasn't been on the field. You don't have to yell at me. I don't know why you're yelling at me.
2: I'm not yelling. I'm trying to stay calm. I'm just. I don't. I just don't think that's a. That's still your hot take.
0: Um, why don't you poll your fellow media members today? let say is, is this a hot
2: take to say that he's not
0: a roster lot? Talk, talk to Phil Perry, Tom Curran, some of the boys. See what see what they think. All right, I'll I'll report back to you. Take the temperature of the media core on Adrian Phillips because that's an interesting take.
2: All right. Uh, okay. But- <laughs> I, I say that, though, because, like, Kyle Duggar, he's been limited the last couple of days, but when he's been out on the field, he's shown no signs of being a Division II college player. He seems to fit right in with the speed of the game, um, which is a good sign. Terrence Brooks, like I said, has been the most probably standout player on the defense in terms of a playmaking perspective. So, I, I just – I don't know. I, I think that Phillips is
0: in luck. I don't care for the Terrence Brooks has been – a standout player because I, I met early last year that the story on him was he used to be a special teamer, got more chances to play, did pretty right. well. And then really I thought faded as the year went on with more. No question.
2: Look, at the, look at the playoff game.
0: Right. Got picked on when Chung would leave and he'd pop in, whatever. That, um, I wasn't sure he was going to make the team coming into training camp with the arrival of Phillips. Right. So if you tell me, He's now playing more on defense, and Phillips might not make the team. I don't know how I feel about that whole uh,
2: second safety group.
0: Yeah, and and I've you know I've read, I saw Giardi said you know Joanne Williams taking a lot of reps with safety has primarily might get might get himself
2: in trouble for that. I don't know if he can really say that. But
0: is he going to get suspended like the guy from the Bills?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I just I I, I don't think that that falls under the uh,
0: reporting terms that we're supposed well, to adhere to. Um. I think but, he can because isn't Joe Williams listed as a defensive back? If that's the, the
2: case, then yes. Yes.
0: I think that's his out. The safety a defensive back. I'm just saying he's playing his defensive back role over there. Right. Right. But, um, um, I, but we saw a little bit of that last year. Maybe they're going in that direction. Maybe that's just related to some of the guys being absent and they need. No, just I, I think
2: that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Like he has the length to go up against tight ends. He could play that sort of Patrick Chung hybrid linebacker safety ish role. Um, I think that would fit him well because he's not, Jerome Williams is not going to be a top four cornerback on this team.
0: No, not now anyway.
2: Right. So I think in order to get him on the field, it might be at that sort of safety-ish role, which isn't a bad thing. I think he has the length and athleticism to probably do it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, we, we talk about the offense leaning on the offensive line and the running game. I think there's going to be unfair expectations on this secondary and they may struggle because the front and the linebackers to me are ill-equipped undermanned whatever you want to term it and accurate you know what I mean like I just think there's going to be and better competition there's going to be you know impressive passing games and quarterbacks coming after them so there's a fall off coming for the secondary and the players in that secondary that I don't I think it should be expected. I don't think it should be seen as anything other than it is what it is.
2: Right, and th- I mean the front seven in terms of guys that have stood out. Like Dietrich Wise is at a good camp, but like, what can you really count on him and come the regular season? Like, he kind of is what he is at this point. Like, I know, is he bigger? Yeah. Thicker. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. But like, you nope. don't we kind of know Dietrich Wise's ceiling?
0: Uh. Yeah, I mean, I never eliminate he, guys. He, he's
2: a fine player to have. I just don't think he's a guy that is going to, you know, be like a Robin Vigovich or you know, guy that's going to have eight sacks a season.
0: No, I don't think that. And I think even with the the bigger, you know, the bulking up, maybe there's some more sort of end slash tackle reps coming for him, yeah. which we've seen. We've seen Wouldn't that. Yep. Um, and then the other guy is Byron Coward, you know. Oh. He's only been out there because
2: Bo Allen hasn't been on the field to this point.
0: Yeah, but sometimes you get that chance and you run with it. Is he running with it?
2: He's been fine. I mean, he's been decent. I'm not saying he's like been blowing up every single running play. I mean, he's fine. (laughs) (laughs) He's not like getting embarrassed, but like I I wouldn't like pencil him in as you know starter week one with Lawrence Guy.
0: Well, somebody's gonna have to start next to Lawrence Guy. Well, I guess Adam Butler.
2: Adam Butler. Adam Butler.
0: Well, but what if it's a running down?
2: I think he's going to have to add some more running down to his repertoire this year.
0: Oh, I wonder what he's going to have to say about that.
2: Well, you're going to ask him. Well, actually, you can't because you probably won't be able to give him the
0: chance to talk to him. Nope. Plus, I don't really care for
2: him. Um, Chase Winovich is a guy that's sort of done sort of the same thing as last year, but I think he'll be asked to do more this year, being in his second year to go along with, I I guess we'll get to the the rookies, Josh Uche and Amphrey Jennings. Those are two guys they're going to have to contribute perhaps more than the Patriots would have envisioned uh, going into the training camp.
0: Do you have a positive or negative feeling on those two?
2: I am more positive on Jennings than Uche.
0: Okay. Uche, Uche was
2: sort of active at the beginning of these training camp sessions that we were seeing and then I think Jennings has come along more lately. Maybe that's because Jennings missed the first couple of days, but I think Jennings has, has performed pretty well uh, playing some different linebacking roles. Like he moved around a little bit of Alabama doing the same thing here.
0: Yeah, I, that's where I think he has the benefit is he played for Nick Saban. The defenses are similar. He did more three down NFL ready stuff. Whereas Uche was a pass rusher and now he's being asked to be sort of an off the ball linebacker. I think right. I think there's a big ask there of what, what they want him to be. And, I I would be stunned if he just steps in and fills that role because I think it's just it's too yeah. much to ask of him. Way too much to ask. Um, how about superstar Juwan Bentley?
2: He's been. I mean, I think he's definitely gonna be the leader of the front seven. Like he's the lead communicator. He seems to know what he's doing. He's sort of taking that leadership role. It's just it's hard to judge in these practices because you're not fully tackling guys to the ground and you know going full speed all the time. I, I just wonder if he has the speed to keep up with some of these running backs, and especially if he has to cover guys in coverage. Like I know, I think, I think it was JJ Taylor beat him for a long throw earlier in the week. So uh, that's a so
0: bad that, matchup.
2: But, but those matchups are going to occur a lot. Like guys can, you know, move their running back to the outside with him in coverage and burn him. That's always been an issue for the Patriots in the middle of their defense.
0: Yes, and I would say. As much for him as anyone, that was sort of the questions coming out of Purdue. Um, I remember talking to his coach, and he had like a pick six, and the coach was like, oh, he answered his questions there. didn't get caught, took it back to the – and I was like, that doesn't really answer any questions. Like, There's a big difference between picking a ball off and running straight for the end zone and covering a back on an option route out of the backfield, quickness, like tackling, comfort, all of that. And it's going to be interesting, in my opinion, how they piece together – I'll call it the front seven, but I do think Phillips and Joan Williams and Duggar like are going to be involved. Like, so there's going to be this weird blend of, could there be six defensive backs on the field, seven, you know, but really two of them are linebackers and you're really just a nickel passing situation. But, you know, two of those guys are linebackers. And then how do teams approach that? The team's just flat out say i'm going to run the ball down your throat you have some of the best corners in football you have good safety play i don't tr- i don't think your linebackers and d-line are very good i'm going to run the ball down your throat and
2: that's very possible
0: which means the patriots could be involved in some low scoring uh, fast paced games this year with the clock running and you know the final <laughs> score is you know 17-10 30, yeah, yeah. Um, in theory because i mean if both teams are running the ball and then that brings us nicely into a great segue In 17, 13 games, I know where you're going. I was going that way too. You need to kick field goals. And uh, it certainly sounded to me like Nick Folk believes he's the kicker on this team.
2: Uh, Yeah. What do you say? You have to get ready for Miami? Yes.
0: (laughs) In the first answer. And then his other answers were, Yeah, I knew I was going to play this year. We talked back in March, and then Corona.
2: Bill said the the same thing, that they've been talking for a while. This wasn't like a a random thing.
0: But it almost sounded. Like he told them when he would sign and show up. I mean <laughs> Yeah. It was a little like um Brian Waters. Remember the guard who yep. didn't want to come just, to camp and just yep. signed and then started like all 16 games as a you know guard and I I don't know. I just think Nick Folk's the kicker. I don't know if Rorchwasser gets cut and goes on the practice squad. I don't know if he's on IR. I don't know if they would risk well, I, don't, I, I think
2: IR is out at this point because he's if if they were going to do that then they wouldn't have him be kicking in these you know
0: practices. Well injuries can happen at any time. It's true he could walk down the stairs and sprain an ankle. No question I mean he could have a sore calf he could have absolutely anything right? Yeah so but, but, and,
2: and just, just from watching the two Nick Folk looks like the NFL kicker it's not like Warwasher is you know making 40 yard bombs consistently he's Yesterday, he went four for six. Nick Fulg went six for six.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, has Ron Wasser had like a, a great day yet? No.
2: I mean, y- yesterday was probably his best, and that was a four for six performance. So
0: Four for six gets you fired in the NFL.
2: Correct. So, no, um, he does not.
0: Something that was interesting only to probably me and some of the media members who actually asked the questions, but I did find it funny. They were talking to Nick Folk about his experience kicking in empty stadiums because of the – he brought up the AAF or AF what, – what was that, Lee? Yeah, AAF, yep. AAF, and he actually did an AAF preseason game where there were literally no fans. They were just testing, like, their TV stuff, and it was like a scrimmage. Um, and then he brought up how – but it really doesn't matter because when you warm up in pregame, there's no fans, so you right. get used to it then. And, I just thought it was semi-interesting because we've had the talks about oh. NBA players and backdrops. Yeah. and Also
2: for kickers, like, they practice inside the stadium all the time by themselves.
0: Right. So, hey, you don't have to poo-poo it. I just thought it was semi-interesting. It's That's semi-interesting.
2: That's accurate.
0: You don't think anything's interesting? You just termed a player. Fine.
2: <laughs> I, one of my friends pointed out to me <laughs> yesterday in my appearance with Dale and Keith when I was talking about James White. I said, James White did James White things.
0: why we pay you the big bucks that's
2: right um it's good so a thing you brought up yesterday to me is so roster cut down day is a week from saturday there are there are 80 players and they have to get down to 53 to make their roster but the reality is it's not really 53 where you kind of did the math out and realize it's not many
0: at all right because the practice squad this year, I mean, is up to 16. Yep. Um, there's – even that's expanded because anybody can be on the practice squad. Now, there's a limitation of six players with three or more years of accrued seasons or something.
2: Right. So, you can't load up on veterans.
0: Right. But you can have a bunch of them. Yep. Um, so, a 16-man practice squad, which obviously those guys have to be cut and go through waivers, but we right. see a lot of them come back easily. So, right. 53 – 63, that's 69. Yep. Then you have whatever your random three or four PU, you know, Lamar Miller goes on PUP. Right. Um, somebody goes on IR.
2: Um, you're probably looking at like between, let's just say seven and 10 cuts, six to 10 cuts.
0: Yeah. Very, very limited. And it'll be interesting to see who they are, if they're just nobodies or as you and I have just sort of alluded to earlier, Mohamed Sanu. Adrian Phillips, are there So, You know, Dietrich Wise, I'll throw out there just because everybody thought he was cut last year. Yep. Um, seems like that tide has turned. Derek Rivers is yep. a guy that flashed, I guess, the other day a little bit, but yep. you know, still, he's on life support for his NFL career. I would say. Yep. Um Who are like Sanu? I thought was cut all along. I never thought he was going to make this team. I still don't really think he's going to make this team. I don't think it's yeah, good business. To-
2: to me, he's, he's done nothing to show that he's more than a number four or number five receiver. He has no special teams value, and he costs $7.5 million. How one any year. I know this year is different, but that's not a guy that makes Bill Belichick's roster.
0: Are you sure it's 7.5, not
2: 6.5? You might be right. Maybe it's 6. Okay. And okay. Either whatever. way, a lot what? of money. Yes. A lot of money.
0: And, yes. again, I'll reiterate, just because you have $30 million to play with doesn't mean you just piss it away. You, right. could you
2: could carry it over
0: that- the next year. You could
2: take it to add a trade for a, a tight yes. end.
0: Use but- it for or, or just a trade for any, you know, my theory, I think they have the opportunity to absolutely pounce at the trade deadline and be one of the more active acquiring teams, taking on contracts and money for some teams that might have, you know, concerns about the cap moving forward at 175 million or whatever it could be next year. I think they're going to have a real unique opportunity where they are financially. Add $7 million, $6.5 million to that kitty that you can spend. Right. Right. Um, but I also would just say, if he's not good, he's not good. Like, just because he's a veteran and used to be good and worked in Atlanta and Cincinnati, if he's not good here, then why am I keeping him? I'd rather give uh, – okay, uh, one name we didn't really mention. Your boy, Jacoby Myers.
2: Yes. He's not my boy anymore.
0: You can't answer an, a topic with just yes. What are you talking about?
2: I thought you were going to explain. I, I, you want me to explain? Yes, no, I been, want to know what. He hasn't been on the field. He's been limited. According to Nesson's Doug Kide, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. suffered last week. Uh, him not being on the field is not helping his chances of making the team because the guys that are on the field, like Gunnar Olszewski and Devin Ross, are making plays.
0: Therefore, keep those guys on the roster. And Jacoby hasn't been great when on the field, Correct.
2: Uh, no, I mean, it's been limited, but he hasn't flashed in the times that he was, yes.
0: Okay, because I think he's, like, but my, my point there was, you have to keep some receivers. Yeah. So, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry or locks. Yep. So let's just say they take the best players from camp, so that means Gunner and Devin Ross.
2: Demir Bird, too.
0: Damir Bird. So, that would allow for Sanu to be cut. Jacoby Myers to be cut. Jacoby Myers could be a practice squad guy. Yeah, no
2: question. He's not getting signed by another team.
0: I don't know. My prediction of him having a better career than Nikhil Harry. um, What kind of went down the wayside over the last week or so? I don't know. They both might stink. (laughs) That's true. Harry hasn't. I mean,
2: Harry's been a weird one. And I think something that should get pointed out too, is like, I think the defensive backs know they can get under his skin. Like, they just trash talk to him like on a couple plays, and he gets all out of whack, like yelling back at them when he has something to yell back at. And I think that's just something to sort of watch when these games start—is like, can other teams get under his skin and sort of just take him out of games?
0: We should mention uh, I did Bill Belichick's uh, 17-minute late uh, WebEx conference call this morning, and he was asked about Harry, and he was praiseful, hard worker—you know, things of that nature um are you distracted again yes Continue. I don't think I have your full attention in this podcast and I think it's showing with the quality I think it's continue. showing continue um he had positive things to say about Nikhil Harry now we all know he had positive things to say about Sony Michelle all of last year and where did that get you that's he's got to protect his draft picks and protect their egos and probably I don't know what I think of Nikhil Harry in terms of his mental makeup you know in ter- how he, you know, he's treated, and we always talk about sort of the Bill Parcells. You know, some guys need a kick in the ass, some guys need right. to be sort of caressed and consoled or whatever. Um, I just not real, not real high on Nikhil Harry still.
2: I mean, I'm not either, but this, you know, he's shown flashes of being able to make some plays. Like he made a great uh over the shoulder catch the end zone back shoulder throw on back to back sequences earlier. Like he has some intensity in the blocking game, so. Some things are there. It's just a matter of putting it all together, and that's been a big struggle.
0: Okay, so I'm going to make a weird um, assessment on him. I feel worse about him a year plus a training camp into his career, and yet I think he's going to have a productive season because somebody has to. And so he's going to have a Rishay Caldwell, Kembrel Tompkins, Aaron Dobson, like – Remember the year Brady had to throw to those guys early and he right. threw to them, and there were some, you know, game winning touchdown passes and all that. But I don't think there's a long term positive feeling or connection or anything with Nikhil Harry. But he, he's probably going to catch 50 balls, right? If he stays if he, out there.
2: I was going to say, if he stays healthy, probably just because he's the number one and number two receiver just by
0: default. I mean, even if <laughs> Edelman, like, I think his numbers are going to be down. So say Edelman yeah. catches 80.
2: Yeah. Where he are those opportunities
0: going to go? Right. And James White will catch his 60, but quarterbacks don't complete only 130 passes during a year. Like they're going to throw the ball 400 plus times. So yeah, I think Nikhil Harry is going to have a year where he makes catches, probably has some touchdowns, makes some plays, and I'm not necessarily going to feel any better about his future and his role.
2: So I guess my bold prediction from this podcast was that Adrian Phillips is not a lock to make this roster. What's your bold prediction on this podcast?
0: Oh, my bold prediction from this podcast is that I don't think I really have one. Oh, you come on, you have to have something. Um, my bold prediction uh, they will use multiple quarterbacks this year, guaranteed.
2: In a given game or just like like both. Okay.
0: They will use multiple quarterbacks, not in a platoon, none yep. of that crap. I just think the quarterback play is going to be bad at times. I see. I see. And there's going to, and I think if they have to run it as much as we think they're going to run it with Cam and read options, there's a chance he's going to get dinged up. So I think it's a 100% certainty that they will use multiple quarterbacks this year.
2: I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world. Like just to try to keep some defenses off balance, like even in the given game. Like I'm not saying like, one play came in, one played Stidham in, you know, that quickly. But, like, maybe one series, throw Stidham out
0: there just to give him a new look. And then that will lead to um, very entertaining Zoom call or WebEx calls with Bill Belichick because, like, you remember those years when the uh, Rex Grossman is our quarterback, the Bears? Rex Grossman is our yeah. – co- like, all these questions. And yeah. that will lead to some interesting Bill Belichick press conferences.
2: Uh, speaking of Bill, I thought he's he's been pretty uh, good with the media this year. Kind of relaxed, like on these Zoom calls.
0: Uh, very much so. You know, that was one of my takeaways from afar. He's a happy camper. Like, he, he there's more challenges than ever, and I don't know if it's just that that he enjoys challenges and he enjoys you know,
2: something like something new and yeah like,
0: yeah teaching and, and a new environment and all that. Um, and maybe in a weird way, maybe he misses the press conferences. Like, he did well, press conferences for. Thirty years or whatever
2: well he said that i think reese asked him on wednesday yeah. and he kind of admitted like he misses seeing people
0: because like, i think he sees that as a challenge in, in a and way, of too. itself right right um so he might miss some of that and maybe he's just getting older i do think he's made a concerted effort the last couple of years as he gets older to, no to care bring, about his
2: yeah, to sort of change his
0: yeah and i think some of that is linda his girlfriend his longtime girlfriend mm-hmm. I also think some of it is he does have aspirations post-football, I think. And I, I won't be surprised if he wants to get into some media. I've changed on this. I used to think there was no shot in hell that he would do media. Um, I think he might do some media after football, and he's cared more about the idea of how he delivers things and that stuff.
2: I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, what if he and, like, Saban did something together? Like, I think he would need to be have the perfect – like, he would have to select who he works with, who, like – you know, he's yes. not just gonna do a random CBS. Say, I'm no. gonna sign with CBS and do this, whatever you tell me. He's gonna be on his like, terms.
0: Yes, yeah. but that's a great idea. I hadn't thought of. Maybe when he and Saban both retire, they do like a uh, Inside the NFL. They tape once a week for HBO or Showtime. Right. It's all their show. It's you know a studio host of their picking, right. and those two just talking football, both college and pros, the game. Right. right. So that's a that's a good idea. Uh, we should also touch on, he was asked again, followed up. He did Rich Eisen's podcast, was yeah, asked yep. if he had a magic wand, what football rule would he change? And he expanded on that. He, he wants the NCAA. He threw a number out there. I'm not sure if this is accurate. I'll assume it is because he's a pretty smart guy. He said there's over 60 differences between college rules and pro rules. It seemed like a lot to me, but I'll take him for his word. It did, but whatever. Um, he would like to see that more consistency in the, the officiating and the rules from college to the pros. He talked about fans he thinks would benefit casual fans that don't know the rules differences, but also players, he has to reteach them and sort of teach them differently. Um, and the one that has gotten some traction is he clearly is comfortable with the 15 yard college pass interference rule. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on. I do think this is a little different. He's generally not this open with what he thinks should be done. Usually yeah, hypothetical things. Yeah. He's not real big on that. He usually leaves that to the geniuses at the league or the people who right. make those decisions. Talk,
2: talk to the referees, talk to the, the competition committee on that. Like, yeah. right.
0: He, he made it quite clear. He'd like to see more of the rules consistent between the two levels of football. And one in which he would like is the 15 yard pass interference rule.
2: Uh, should, should we close with my random question for you? Sure. What do you got? What are you watching on TV these days? Any good shows? Any binge shows you want to pass along?
0: Um, not really. Oh, Jeez. Um, I nothing? don't binge anything. I've been watching, uh, my kids really like Guy's Grocery Games on the Food Network, which Guy Fieri has like chefs in a supermarket and okay. make food. Um been watching some of that, but no, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. Who has time for TV? I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm not like I really just watch sports, watch sports. I coach a little bit. And when I have time, you know what I've found in a rabbit hole. I've done a little bit more video watching, mostly because my kids are in like they watch everything on YouTube. Everything's videos like on the Internet. And uh, I've been watching more like on Instagram boating videos. There's this I believe it's called the Holliver Inlet in Florida. It's this man-made little canal thing, but that the entrance to it is always wavy, always super rough, and people just set up cameras and record boats going through it all day, and like this people is getting like a, thrown out this of the is boat.
2: Enough, an Instagram account that just does that?
0: Yes, that's well. well there's no, there's multiple Instagram accounts that just do oh, that. Nice, and you have like jet skis where the guy loses control and the jet ski's upside down, floating down the river, and he's floating with it, or you know. People losing coolers, losing stuff out the boat, people getting thrown. It's very entertaining. I watch these little videos of people being idiots. All right. We're going to wrap this up.
2: I head down to Gillette Stadium for Fridays in Stadium Practice. Uh, you'll be on the radio a lot the,
0: last, the next week or so. Yes, indeed. From now through Labor Day, if you click on EEI, there's at least a 50-50 chance I'll be on. Yes, that is correct. Beginning this afternoon, in fact. Um, our next podcast. Uh, one quick thing I wanted to throw in. We can yep. talk about this later because it's a developing situation. I don't know if you saw Jim Trotter's tweet uh, saying that some players in the NFL, because obviously the, the Black Knot Lives Matter movement yeah, it, has been um, reignited with the Jacob uh, – what's his last name? Jacob Blake. Yes, Jacob Blake shooting. Uh, I want to say Floyd, but that was George Floyd. Sorry. Um, the Jacob Blake shooting. And, you know, NFL teams canceling practice, NBA, MLB, NHL teams canceling games, playoff games. Patriots obviously chose to practice yesterday. I assume they're going to choose to practice today. Some of the players voiced their helpless feelings, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, which I I thought they were phenomenal talking about the topic. But um, Trotter has said some NFL players really want to boycott a game, skip a game. He said it's only a few right now, but well, the way he termed it, a spark turns into a flame, and then a flame can turn into a fire.
2: But the McCordys who have been sort of leading this charge for a couple of years now, said yesterday, like, what does that accomplish?
0: If yeah, you, but...
2: Like, if you boycott week one and you're back for week two, what does that really accomplish?
0: I, I agree with them 100%, but we've seen enough emotion and enough... No, and they, they did
2: say that everything's on the table, so they could, they could do it,
0: sure. Okay, my bold prediction, um, you asked for it, is yep. in relation to that. I think there will be a game either on opening night or on opening weekend where all 22 players on the field for the first snap of the game take a knee. That's my bold prediction. I like it. And that is their, their uh, message, their social justice message.
2: Uh, maybe we'll try to podcast sometime early next week, depending on scheduling and how that works. I think today is actually the last media uh, practice we're allowed to attend, so we won't really have many nuggets to pass along. But we'll still bring in the podcast here.
0: Yeah. Well, there's always news and notes and attendance issues and preparation. We'll start previewing the dolphins at some point. And there's plenty. We can talk about Tom Brady and what's going on in Tampa. That's going to be an ongoing storyline. We, we, sure. we always have everything. We can talk about Instagram accounts where Julian Edelman has himself as Batman next to Superman. We'll always have something.
2: All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Peace out.